Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Mornings are hard. Your sport radio show doesn't have to be. I'm so happy you guys are still alive. I am excited. I am so happy. Laugh and learn every morning aboard the mothership. gonna be a good day with da hey i do love the da happy being alive day mornings on cbs sports radio yeah yeah Yeah. happy being alive day everybody and a good friday to you thanks so much for being with us coming up in 20 minutes sounds like we can rally around gronk about baby gronk we'll explain coming up on the show in 20 in 40 minutes J.J. Watt headed to TV. We'll tell you where. But first, Major League Baseball All-Star Game rosters starters have been announced. And I just wanted to go through the names announced yesterday, okay? Now, baseball has gone through some difficult moments in recent years. They're trying to recapture an American audience that, for some people, have left it for the power of the NFL and maybe the -the off-the-field sizzle of the NBA. American culture has splintered in a lot of different ways. There's not just a handful of television shows that everybody watches. There's not just a handful of movies that people have seen. There's not a handful of radio stations that you consume. Everything's been splintered. So it's gone to apps and it's gone to podcasts and it's gone to a million different ways you consume media. And so when it comes to baseball and ratings being down, we can point to ratings being down in baseball quite a bit over the last 20 to 30 years. But ratings have been down for just about everything besides the NFL because there's just more of everything to choose from. And there's more ways to consume it. 
People don't have to watch baseball games anymore. They can watch highlights on YouTube or watch highlights on Twitter or just basically get a little glean here, a little glean there from their phones, and boom, you're, quote, following your team. So baseball is, has had a difficult time in capturing a younger demographic because games have been slow, lack of action, and lack of star power. Now, baseball did a good thing in ridding itself of steroids, but what that did was it turned over rosters quicker, and so old guys weren't hanging around longer. You didn't have Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds able to play into their 40s. Old guys had to retire by the time they were in their mid to late 30s, and they weren't putting up 73 home runs or winning a million Cy Young awards. So there's been a, a transition for baseball, and they have struggled with the name brand recognition. And a guy like Mike Trout, who could be one of the bis- biggest personalities sports-wise on earth, just isn't built that way. He's just not very interesting. Love Mike Trout as a baseball player. Every time I hear him speak, I'm like, good boy. That's all we're getting? Which is fine. He's got no responsibility to be interesting, but it just so happened that he's not interesting. So baseball this year has made the change to shorter games. And I think personally it's really it's worked really well. The fact that you know you can go to a ballpark, get in and out of that ballpark in two and a half hours is a good thing. I know working here in radio, when they say that there's a game on so-and-so time you'll be on after the game, that it's way better to know that you're on after a two-and-a-half-hour game than it could be 2.45, it could be 3.15, it could be three-and-a-half, who knows? I think it's bad for an audience to just kind of know that the event's never-ending. When you tune into an NFL game, you know if you're in the Eastern time zone, it starts at 1 o'clock, it ends right around 4 o'clock. There's no maybe it's 4.40. Unless it goes to overtime, if it's a regulation, you kind of know, starts at 4.25, it ends around 7.30. You kind of know what you're getting. Baseball has struggled with that. So I think that these rules changes have been really good. I think baseball's in a better place also with larger playoffs, more teams, more fan bases in it, and more franchises potentially doing the youth movement better. The Orioles are a good example of this. The Reds are a good example of this. Building through a farm system with a roster in a city that you don't want to overspend for doing it at the same time, but then having some stars come up at the same time and allowing your, your fan base to feel like they're part of things and baseball opening up the door to more playoff teams while it's hard to keep track, unlike it used to be, where you knew who won the National League West and who won the National League East every single year, it does open up the door for more fans. So I think baseball's done a lot of good things. I look at the rosters for the All-Star game, and there are some no-doubt, no-brainers that you're like, I want to see that guy. Shohei Otani and Mike Trout being those two guys. Mike Trout, I think this is his 10th All-Star game, so he's a living legend. And Shohei Otani is one of the most startling athletes of all time in what he does both throwing and hitting. So those are guys that you have to watch. You tune in and you go, I have to watch those guys, Trout and Otani. The rest, okay, I think Mookie Betts is that type of player where you're like, that's a special player for his generation. He'll likely end up in Cooperstown, and that's a guy that I want to watch regularly. And I look up and down the rosters of the rest, and I go, okay, where else would I say that? Aaron Judge, definitely. Aaron Judge is a generational great. 
larger than life, and you're like, I want to see Aaron Judge at bats. Okay, so now you got four of them. Once you get past that, you're starting to get into, I respect that he's good, but I'm not sure I have to watch one of his games. Nolan Arenado. Great, great defensive player, really good hitter, great all-around player. Freddie Freeman, really good player, former MVPs, won a World Series. Good players. I don't know if you have to say, I got to make sure I get to a Freddie Freeman game before he retires. Or I've got to see Arenado in person before, you know, he retires. I got I got to get to a game. I don't, I don't think you say that about those guys. And then you're getting into the young guys who are good, but they need some more time. And then you get into some guys that you're like, who is this guy? Now, I'm glad that Bogus is here and Boyle is here because these two guys are big-time baseball guys. But my guess is when I go down these rosters, there will be a handful of players that the listeners have no idea have ever existed, and they are starters in Major League Baseball's All-Star Game. The National League, Braves catcher Sean Murphy, these are the starters. Dodgers first baseman Freddie Freeman, Braves shortstop Orlando Arcia, Cardinals third baseman Nolan Arenado, Dodgers DH J.D. Martinez, Braves Ronald Acuna Jr., Mookie Betts from the Dodgers, and Corbin Carroll of the Diamondbacks. Corbin Carroll, rookie. So He's going to win rookie of the year. He signed a big contract before the year. And, and he's an MVP candidate. And the Diamondbacks are really good this year. Right. This but I should think, be his coming out party. But I think there's a lot of people that are going to be tuning into the All-Star game going, who is Corbin Carroll? Right. I agree. But I do think he's going to be one of the faces of baseball within the next five years. Right, okay. which is part, which is the other part of this game. The other game, this game is oh, is supposed to introduce you to people. I didn't even criticize baseball yet, and here comes Bogus. But you are. We've done this before. <laughs> I know exactly where this is ending. We did this exactly a year ago. We had the same conversation. But why can't I have evolved and you wait to see how I've evolved, perhaps by taking your advice? Because this would be a really long sell if you're going to spin off of this. He also has nothing to do but be the co-host today, so I think he's jumping the shark. I'll from sit the, back. From the American League. Jonah Heim, <laughs> Rangers catcher. Yandy Diaz from the Rays. Marcus Simeon from the Rangers. Corey Seager, Rangers. Josh Young, Rangers. Otani, Trout. Randy Rosarena, Rays. Aaron Judge, Yankees. A couple of guys in there that I think fans will tune in and be like, who are these guys? And it's Yandy Diaz. Yandy Diaz. I think there will be a few people that, that, that don't know those guys. And... Bogus has made this point, and I think it's a good one, that you will watch this and not know these guys, but maybe this is where you start recognizing those guys. And so the All-Star Game can provide a platform where you start to learn about players. I do think that baseball is at a, a point in their time where they're trying to be better about all of these things. They're letting players be more personality-driven. And I think that that's great. The the unwritten rules of baseball have kind of started to, to, to fade away. That's a good thing. Let young guys be young guys. Let them show some personality. I think that's great. I think, though, that, and this is a good thing and a bad thing, baseball fans that vote for the All-Star game seem to be really in tune with baseball and not voting for just name brand recognition. And I give them a lot of credit. Like, that is not a superstar lineup. Nobody's going like, I needed to see four Rangers in the All-Star game. There's nobody in America besides those in Dallas. They're like, I need to see four Rangers starting in the All-Star game. 
But I do think that baseball fans, which is where Bogus comes in, I'm going to give him a lot of credit. When you love baseball, you don't just love the names. You love good baseball. And so Randy Rosarena gets voted as a starter. Sean Murphy gets voted as a starter. Jonah Heim gets voted as a starter. Those guys are really good at baseball. The casual baseball fan would have voted for guys they've heard of. The baseball fan doesn't, doesn't lean on that. So this is just, I'm talking about a cultural difference where baseball differs than, say, the NBA. Baseball differs than, I think, in the NFL. Where when we see those all-star games, sometimes, maybe often, it's voted on by reputation. Wouldn't you agree? NBA, NFL. Mm -hmm. And that's sometimes used as a critique that, oh, it's just a popularity contest. Baseball is much different. Baseball actually is guys that are the most deserving, even if you haven't heard of them. So I think it's just an interesting observation about Major League Baseball's all-star roster. You get it, and you're like, who are half these guys? But they are probably the most deserving of those slots, even if you haven't heard them. But and see, I did not criticize baseball. You, huh? You, huh? you didn't. I would take huh? it a step further. That's growth. That is growth. You're growing as a man. Thank you. We should also, shouldn't we clap it up for baseball fans for not making a popularity contest and actually getting in That's the That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but it's not just like, it's not even the sport. It's like the actual, like, turds uh, in a seat fan. You know, some of them who we, we think could be idiots. Turds in a seat fan. Yeah, like people like me who walk around for three innings looking to see how many nachos I could fit in a helmet. But I don't think you're voting for the All-Star game. Are you kidding me? Yeah? Yes. Okay, so I tried to get Glaber Torres there. You voted Glaber Torres for the All-Star game? I love Glaber. I want him resigned. Yes, I voted. I, I, Walker, I did that. I voted for Randy Arozarena. He was a Ray. No, you didn't. I did. And you voted for him because he's a Ray? Because I think he was deserving. Oh. But I think baseball fans are not idiots somehow. Somehow it's like an intellectual base. That's what I'm saying. Now, maybe it's easier to weigh stats and you're like, you just go on your phone quickly and go, okay, this guy's leading the league in this. This guy's leading the league in that. Boom, I'll vote for him. Maybe that's the key. But I agree. The the all these are this is the player this is the fan vote on the starters. And two levels of it. You voted once and then they cut it down to two finalists at each position. They had to vote again to get a guy in. So it's two sessions of voting. Is it possible that this is also fueled by people that play fantasy baseball? And because people are around stats all the time, they're able to weigh who's better? And legalized sports gaming player props are a huge thing every single night. People are in love with putting together same-game parlays and stuff. So I think it's even more than fantasy now. So I, I bring this up because I have done this exercise before, but I, I think generational comps is interesting. If we go back 20 years to baseball's starters in the All-Star game, 2003, you've got Javi Lopez, Todd Helton, Scott Rowland, Edgar Renteria, Jim Edmonds, Pujols, Sheffield, Bonds. Those are some big names. Now, not all of them are household names at the time. Bogus would make the point that, hey, some of those guys use the All-Star game, and now 20 years later, hindsight's 2020, you now know them because they were around for long. Okay. But I think there's just more star power back then. In the American League, your starters were Posada, Delgado, Soriano, Gloss, A-Rod, Manny, Hideki Matsui, Ichiro, Edgar Martinez. We couldn't get cheated of the game. <laughs> he wasn't he was, in the game at all. I guess he was oh, injured? That might have been the year he slid into third base and hurt himself on opening night and got hurt. Yeah. So 
Now, notice that star power. Now, again, some of the guys that play in this year's All-Star game might become stars, but I do think something changed in baseball where steroids, marketability, where the game was, longevity of how long guys played, and quote-unquote popularity contests led us to a much different feel with all-star game starting lineups. Yeah, although, I mean, I still think there are guys, I don't, I forget what you called them, but, like, like, did you need to see Troy Gloss play third base? And Jorge Posada is a very good player. There's no doubt about that. One of the best hitting catchers of our lifetime. But, you know, he and Avi Lopez, like, whatever. Like, you don't need to see them. So right. there's, there's definitely more Hall of Famers on these two starting lineups because their, their careers are said and done with. But there's also, there's always going to be guys who are like, oh, really? Like Jose Vidro, I remember him very well because he always played the Mets as an expo, switch hitting second baseman, but he's another guy. He's a good player, but there's nothing you need to mention about Jose Vidro 20 years, You're 20 right. years later. But I just mentioned the starting lineups of the of the two leagues this year, and I said there's two guys you have to watch, maybe three, and that's Shohei, Trout, Aaron Judge. And I would put Acuna Jr. In that, on that list, personally. Okay. That guy is remarkable. Okay, and, and that's fair. And he's still only 25 years old. You're right. Those are four guys. In 2003, I would have put in that, on that list, and I think at the time, if I'm being honest, Pujols, Sheffield, Bonds for the National League. And I think in the American League, it would have been A-Rod, Manny, Ichiro. So that's already six. Yeah. And there's even guys like Scott Rollins in the Hall of Fame now. You didn't mention him. Todd Helton might be in the Hall of Fame But one I would day. be honest, those were not guys even no. in 2003 where I'm like, I got to see a Todd Helton game. Right. Edgar Martinez in the AL. You I always play Tennessee him. if you had to see a Todd Helton game. <laughs> so it's just, it's, it's interesting. But I think baseball's headed in the right direction. Rules changes, et cetera. But I think it's interesting, right? Because Tatis isn't in the in the All Star game this year as a starter. Soto, Bryce Harper, injuries and suspensions, you know, and, factor into that. And a lot of the good teams we thought would be good suck, so they're not playing right. well. Alonzo and those there there probably should have been a wave of those guys that maybe for bad luck or whatever should be starters this year. That would be oh yeah, I got to see those guys. Rodriguez in Seattle. Those are guys that have now become kind of must-see TV that are just, they didn't get voted in for one reason or the other. And to Mraz's point, I think that's a that's a compliment to baseball voters because those guys weren't the most deserving, but they would have won the popularity contest. Right. So instead you get the Rays and Rangers combining teams and adding Otani. That's essentially what <laughs> Yeah, there's only nine teams among 18 starters. That's wild. Yeah. And it's only three, I think, in the AL, right? It's only Rangers, Rays, and Angels because Judge is not going to play in the game. Correct. So you've got nine, <laughs> ten spots, three teams producing them. That's why. So, I mean, it is there is a popularity contest angle here, but they actually pick the right people. Like, there are four Rangers, and they should all be in the game. They were deserving. And the Rays should have multiple reps because of how good they are. Yeah. When we come back here on the show, Gronk has a take on baby Gronk. And Baby Gronk's dad, DA, CBS Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's the DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. 24 minutes past the hour. DA with you here on CBS Sports Radio. Let us know where you are, how you're listening when we release the crack in the Target Demo Friday meme. We'll let you know when that is out. We'll do that here shortly. Also, the DA Show is available to watch every single day on YouTube and on Twitch. You can even chat alongside other DA aliens at those two places, including Nancy Mraz, who is a Twitch chatter. Yeah. And she even said that if Moist Pork wants to relocate to be the executive producer of the DA show after Moraz leaves, the house is open for Moist. So, kind of a big deal. That would be some sitcom. <laughs> now, I, I don't think Moist Pork eats bacon. Right. Ironically, despite his name. Which would be a funny twist in the sitcom. Because I would imagine that there's a lot of bacon sizzling at your house. Bob and the Pork would be a great show. <laughs> Bob and the Pork. It's the spinoff. Sean leaves the sitcom, gets yes. his own show. They need to replace Sean. They bring in Moist Pork. Sean leaves the pork store and the Moist Pork comes in. <laughs> Can I tell you that I I listened to the PGP, the Side B. New PGP is out. And the side B, maybe it was the side A that you did the week before. Bogus, you had such a great comp. Talking about Mraz leaving, the future of the show. What becomes of the show? Bogus goes, well, you know, they changed Aunt Viv after season one. (laughs) A Fresh Prince with Bel Air. And the show took off. (laughs) That's the perfect comp. 
We're just changing out Aunt Viv. <laughs> We're changing Nobody out. noticed. <laughs> yeah. We just need a bald fat guy. Just put him in there and just keep calling him Merez. And then nobody even notices. There's plenty of them walking around. <laughs> too. Imagine. It's like we just do a sitcom where it's a new actor. But we call him the same guy. <laughs> we asked the kid Ryan to say, shave his head, pop in there. We're going to call you a different name. <laughs> we make no reference to it. No, like nothing no, changed. No. Even after doing a month goodbye, <laughs> July 24, just different person being Sean. That's actually a great bit because they did kill Mraz for going over there. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think you guys own the name. That's right. That's right. In one of the great plot twists ever. And I'll continue to, to hammer home. When we do the final week with Merez here, I'll, I'll have more thoughtful, kind, sensitive things to say because I love the guy and I'm sad to see him leave, but I'm happy and proud that he's going to do great things over there. But in one of the great twists of fate, he becomes a valuable commodity via Merez. Merez is the alter ego of Sean Morash, which is this zany, out-of-the-box, can you even believe he said that? Is that really a, a, a real guy? Did he really say that and do that and eat that? <laughs> and they use that to go down the hall because they want that, and then they go, yeah, but we don't want the Mirage. You have to be mm -hmm. Sean Morash. It's like, <laughs> but that's what you want. You're taking that to go over there because that's the brand that he's built. That's the beauty. So it is true Morash can leave. We need Mraz. We'll just put another fat guy yeah. in there. <laughs> Boy, would you Mraz. shave your head and get more meteor moves? <laughs> I mean, I I would try it. <laughs> if, I, if it means getting the job, sure. I could, we, I could hear Pete at home right now. I don't like it. We need to try something different. Like Should we include Danielle in recasting her husband? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she has a request or two. <laughs> It is funny, like sometimes sitcoms do address it and that person has died or they've moved away or something like that, right? But some sitcoms just move on. They just cast the new person the same exact role. Yeah, that is so good. <laughs> I actually love that storyline. I would love talking to that person every other week. How do you like being Mraz? What's going yeah, on? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like we have auditions for the next Mraz. Yeah, they, literally. They, they shadow my actual life. And how much paprika do you put in that? Taylor Payton, come here a second. Yeah. <laughs> we, have a we have a conversation. <laughs> it's like the great conspiracy theory is that Paul McCartney died in a plane crash back in the 60s as the Beatles were taking off, and they said, we can't afford to lose Paul McCartney. We need to have a look-alike contest for Paul McCartney, and that they had a look-alike contest in the 60s, found a guy that looked exactly the same, and just slid him in as Paul McCartney to the Beatles. And if you go back and you believe this type of mythology, you go back and people say the cheekbones are a little different and he doesn't say this word exactly the same. So maybe we just do the same thing. Maybe we don't tell anybody and there's just a new morass. Until we don't add bacon to a div and they figure it out. <laughs> but Pierre, Got it. He didn't put bacon there. I've never heard this Beatles theory. No? Never you heard never that. never heard that? No. Yeah, it's a very popular theory. Never, never, never. In seventh grade, my music teacher, Mr. Konikowski, this was like two weeks in seventh grade music. The most music teacher name of all time. Mm -hmm. And it blew our mind in seventh grade. What? And then he brought out the Beatles albums and said, look at this secret. Look at this clue. But 
Now in the internet age, it's much easier to find. But yes, this is the theory. And that if you go through all of the Beatles albums, the covers, the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Band covers, there's all these little hat tips to Paul is dead. If you play this song backwards and that, you know, there's all these little hints and clues. Now, maybe people were looking for them so they found them. Or maybe the Beatles were playing along with the gag. Right. But there are a lot of little hat tips to the idea that this is not the real Paul McCartney. Get back. Get back to where it all began. We also could do this, DA. Another mm -hmm. thing that shows do when they, an actor unfortunately dies in between seasons and they don't have a chance to address his or her character, <laughs> right. they sometimes just disappear or they come back and go, oh, man, I can't believe Todd died over the summer. Yeah. We could just kill Sean. True. And come back and have to do the first episode, the 24, like nothing happened. And at the end go, this was dedicated to the memory of Sean or, or of Mraz CBS. And then just move on. Or do we hold a funeral? Is there kind of like the Patriots Dynasty funeral, we hold a Mraz funeral or like the funeral of Superman? I don't know how, especially if they've given us this gift of you can't take Mraz with you. We have to do some kind of memorial service. Yeah, we really do. It's amazing that Mraz will have built a 10-and-a-half-year run of this larger-than-life crazy radio character, and then it just stops right here. Mm. But when he does football picks maybe next year on the show with us, can we call him Mraz, or now do we have to call him by his real name? Sean. It's up to you guys. I don't know. I'm always going to be on. It's a real world that we create that I'm uncomfortable being called by my real name here. <laughs> Imagine living that life. I also think it's hilarious. We discussed this last week when you weren't here, Dia, that our boss, Spike, who usually tells us how unimportant Twitter is, needed Sean to change his Twitter handle within 17 seconds of this announcement. That is ironic, is it not? Yeah. And there is a reason why people in management and sports media or media in general say, like, don't hone in too much on Twitter because... What's the general population on Twitter? Like 6% or something? Less than 10% yeah. of the population's on Twitter. So if you weigh that feedback too much, you're missing what 90% of the audience actually thinks. But in that vein, as you said, it's like, no, 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 you can't be Mraz on Twitter. Uh-oh, we need your real name. Don't leave this building until you switch that handle. Do they, do they assume that the audience will disassociate Mraz now yeah. from the Mraz stuff, and it's right. like he's not the same guy. Different guy. Diff totally different guy. Yeah, you're gonna lose the whole listening audience because of your Twitter handle. Good job, Sean. So Gronk, this baby Gronk thing, you guys talked about this last week, I'm sure. Correct. So baby Gronk is a 10 year old football player whose dad is like Todd Marinovich's dad times <laughs> a million, because at least Todd Marin Marinovich's dad was doing it, I think, in like his teenage years. This kid is 10. It's Little Giants. I, it's it's Spike. Giants. Spike, yeah. Right? So Another Spike reference. So Baby Gronk is 10 years old, and he's supposedly being groomed to be the next incredible athlete. And you can just tell <laughs> that it's coming from a bad place because his dad is like a digital marketing CEO or something like that. He's of a meaningless company, but like he's definitely in that space. And so he's pushing, pushing, pushing. And his dad has him photographed next to Mark Wahlberg, Shaq, other celebrities. So they're pushing the social media, pushing the brand. And the, the sucky, the sucky thing is, of course you hope that the kid likes the attention 
and loves the fact that you know he gets to meet Shaq or Olivia Dunn or something like this, and and you hope that he goes on and, and is successful. But there is an element to this that just feels like stage dad, stage mom, go out there and be famous for us. This is the meal ticket, and the kid gets screwed up from it. And so Gronk was talking about this and told Barstool that his brother said, yo, have you seen baby Gronk? And Gronk ripped his dad and said, his dad has hit me up 500 hmm. times already. The dad is so annoying. And this was five or six weeks ago. Then all of a sudden, two weeks later, it's coming out of everywhere about baby Gronk. My brother died laughing, but Gronk went on to rip him. And Gronk said, we're going to have to cease and desist baby Gronk's dad. Wow. And now, Note that Gronk is a guy that has loved the attention, loves the social media, loves the that type of life. But even Gronk is recognizing that when a dad pushes a 10-year-old into that space, it's weird. And so for all of the things that I think Gronk has come off annoyingly so as, in this case, I think it's Gronk the grown-up realizing, you know, let the kid get to 18 years old before daddy starts making sure everybody knows about baby Gronk. And it's it's pretty gross. I mean, the whole thing is is pretty gross. Can I play devil's advocate, though? Please. All right. I, I think about child stars that have turned out okay. Lindsay Lohan, Amanda Bynes, Britney Spears, <laughs> Corey Feldman. Right. Maybe the dad's a really good guy, and he's got his kid's best interest at heart. I think that this could end very well for him. There are basically like two child stars that have ever, or three that have ever turned out okay. Jason Bateman, hmm. Michael J. Fox, and Justin Timberlake. Although Bateman tried to not work out. He yeah. had a really tough, he was deep into drugs and drinking for a long time. Oh, I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so there was a got off course yes. for Jason Bateman. Yeah. He had his boiler years. Michael J. Fox, I think, was always pretty on the straight and narrow. And I don't know if he was really, really young when he started, but probably around eight or nine years old. And Justin Timberlake was on the, the Mickey Mouse Club mm -hmm. with Britney and all those people that went bonkers. And he just has always been awesome. I mean, he just seems to be, for a spectacularly famous guy, he seems to be really cool. Probably more sane parents. It's got to be part of the parenting. Yeah. Big time. Something about me still doesn't really trust the Spears parents. And Bob will tell you about Lohan's mom. I mean. Oh, what will Bob say about Mrs. Lohan? Oh, you went to school with her. And. What? She's in her 60s? Well. And from Long Island? My dad yes. was one of seven. The Lohans grew up a couple blocks from my dad. They're they're Long Islanders. They all went to the same high school, Calhoun High School. And, um, yeah, uh, whatever name, Lena Lohan, whatever the mom Lena. is. They have told some stories over the years. Is that so? I like yeah. This. Bob the Deli Man <laughs> went to school with Lindsay Lohan's mom? Yeah. Now, I'm pretty sure Lindsay Lohan's mom might have been, like, a couple years younger. Like, she definitely was friends with one of my aunts, but, like, they all She's 60. How old is your dad? My dad's 62. See? Okay. So, my aunt, that would have been two years younger. They all, you know, played together. Everything grew up. And as the years went on, let's just say... You know, not exactly proper frame of mind. A little crazy. Um, you know, maybe brought in as many men as possible at times. And uh, she played fast and loose. Is wow. that so? She's a bad it. girl, David. Yeah. Wowie. What's her name? Dina Lohan? Lena? Dina. Yeah, Dina. Dina. Now, yeah. when did Bob meet Nancy? <laughs> well, 
<laughs> you might good, argue. That's a good question. <laughs> I'm now a better pop culture phenomenon than Lindsay, but, you know. You're not. One might argue that we saw Nancy Mraz love uh -huh. up on some meaty man boobs uh -huh. of Pat Boyle. She's got a Dean Lohan inside waiting to come out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but the, the original point, parents parents be crazy. Yeah, parents be crazy. And they screw you up. So maybe Justin Timberlake didn't have Dean Lohan and Merrick Long Island. Totally. And baby Gronk's dad is absolutely a problem. Well, it's almost, I think the LeVar Ball thing happened too. I think like we all hated that, but there were people that looked at LeVar Ball as kind of like, I need to do this. It's yeah, working. Right. And I can't imagine I would ever be defending LeVar Ball. Here's the thing. His kid got drafted number two overall. His other kid also got yep. drafted. When did LaMelo get drafted? Mm. Lottery pick. I don't know. Top five. Yeah. And two kids drafted in the top five of the NBA. Obviously, they were good. Now, did he go over the top promoting them, going on all these shows, being annoying as hell? Yes. His kids were good. This kid is 10 years old. Yes. And his dad is, like, this kid is going, I'm telling you. And I don't wish I don't wish it on him. But like this kind of exposure at ten years old, if this kid doesn't live up to being a top college prospect or an NFL prospect, he's gonna have some severe mental problems, man. Like this guy is ruining his kid's life and by the, doing and this. And the odds that he's gonna be anything are slim to none. I mean, how many kids at ten years old can you definitely project are gonna be a division one athlete? It's slim to none. Not many. I mean, Tiger Woods' dad had him playing at three years old on the tonight True. show. Now that was whiplash. That was like Earl Woods demanded greatness out of yeah. Tiger. Yeah. Tiger was well-adjusted, like, <laughs> in regular society. He's never had any social <laughs> or mental issues. That's no. a good point. <laughs> had your dad called you, like, baby Bavaro growing up? <laughs> what I might be very screwed up. I might be very screwed up. <laughs> Although, had they supported your baby Gretzky-esque hockey right. skills, perhaps you would have been a great athlete. I mean, they'd have a much different home right now. Bob's bar would be probably not made of wood, made of stone. It'd be an actual yeah. bar, and like yeah. they'd go in to meet you. You'd be there. You'd be like the kind of yep. the major D seating people uh, at your at your at your bar it'd, restaurant. It'd be great. Yeah, they should have supported a little more. You know, that is something that we lose with Mraz losing the Mraz moniker. Is that there could have been a tri-state area sports bar called Mraz's? Yeah, mm. as his. His celebrity rose. Would have been Bob's lounge. Bar would have been too lowbrow. Would have been a little, little classier. Or right. Bob's compound. That's right. But if we do hire Bob, we can still use the Mraz name. Yeah, yeah it's not franchised yet. And judging by this place, by June next year, they can be telling you to go back to Mraz. <laughs> good point. Right? And that's what I was wondering. Can, is there a possibility you turn back into Mraz? And oh, like yes. you basically do your whole character arc again. I, it's exhausting. It was an exhausting 10 years to do another character arc. Well, Hollywood Hogan, you know, sometimes you got to become a villain and then you get to come back to be Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Greg Caserta has headlines. Well, I'll play a, there's a clip I'm going to play in the next update. I'll just leave it at that. It's, it's, it's mindless. Okay, thanks. It, it has nothing to do with Great tease. this. It's a, it's a little tease. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, what? one of our top stories There's a yesterday. word I will say next hour. <laughs> Stay tuned. Keep, keep some wanting more. It'll be an interesting word. One of our top stories yesterday involved gambling in the NFL. Four players, including Isaiah Rogers and Rashad Berry of the Colts, were suspended. Rogers and Berry, Berry and Rogers, both suspended indefinitely, but will certainly miss the entire upcoming season. And even worse, were both waived by the Colts. 
General Manager Chris Ballard said in a statement, the integrity of the game is the of is of the utmost importance. As an organization, we will continue to educate our players, coaches, and staff on the policies in place and the significant consequences that may occur with violations. In fairness, USA Today keeps a running record of NFL player arrests, and the Colts have not had one in five years. Team owner Jim Ursay should be arrested for impersonating a musician. It's my first Jim Ursay <laughs> reference of the year. He and his band will be playing a free concert at TD Garden on July 15th. That's in Boston. Special guests include Vince Gill, Kevin Cronin from REO Speedwagon, and Peter Wolf from the Jay Giles Band. As a bonus, Ursay's private collection of memorabilia will be on display, and former Colts such as Adam Vinatieri, Edron James, and Joe Andruzzi will be in attendance. I wish I was making this up, but I'm not. Wow. This yeah, was taken directly Ursay off the website. Ursay or hearsay. Boo. It's not funny. Thank it wasn't, wasn't one of your worst. Oh, thanks, Mark. You're welcome. Back to Isaiah Rogers of the Colts. We oh, actually have a question about this, yeah. and maybe you know the answer. Why wouldn't this be happening at the Pacers Arena in Indiana? Why are they moving this to Boston? <laughs> I don't know. With the Colts owner, I don't know. They're tired of him in Indiana. <laughs> His world tour had dates in 2001. Then there was a lapse. He had no dates in 2022. He played a show in March, and now July 15th. How many people are going to show up to a 19,000 seat arena to see Jim Ursay? Speaking of parents, his dad was a disaster. Ooh. His dad was the one that moved the Colts out of Baltimore, and the press conference before he moved them yep. was a drunken mess in front of the media. Drunken, belligerent, angry, cursing, and his son tasked with now yep. owning the, the Colts and has had his own addiction issues, so not good. Rodgers apparently thought wagering to win a few thousand was a better play than just staying on the field and possibly making a few million. The account used by him reportedly had upward of 100 bets placed, including at least one on a game involving the Colts. The largest wager placed was a $1,000 prop bet on the over-under on rushing yards by a Colts running back, uh -huh. which won. The NFL said last week that it planned to reinforce its gambling policy by having all rookies attend mandatory education sessions, plus a group of league officials will be making the rounds to facilities to emphasize and clarify what activities are prohibited. These are six major bullet points. Do not bet on the NFL. Do not gamble at your team facility while you're traveling for a road game or staying at a team hotel. Don't have someone bet for you. Don't share team inside information. Don't enter a sports book during the NFL playing season, and don't play daily fantasy football. Rodgers, I think, broke like three of those. <laughs> I so, mean, I'm going to tell you this much. If I was in the NFL, I'd absolutely be having somebody bet for right. me. That's yeah, it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That should actually be the suggestion unofficially from the NFL yeah. is at least put a person between you and yep. the bet. Yep. Yep. And then finally, some of those rules might be blurry, but here's an easy one. Don't do PEDs, and apparently that memo... Never made its way to Jaguars left tackle Cam Robinson. He was hit with a four-game suspension for violating the league's PED policy. Gets docked over $3.5 in base salary. It also avoids the guaranteed money left in his contract. Don't know the exact number on that, but he signed a three-year deal last May that came with $33 million guaranteed at signing. So another costly mistake. They give you $33 million guaranteed, and then you sacrifice it with doing roids. God bless. HGH. Nicely I mean, done. of course, there's pressure to perform, but still, why would you do that? Idiots. I also do genuinely wonder how many of the guys that get popped 
took something they knew would get them popped. Well, a lot of times, too, it could be Adderall. It could be something for something like that that you have to get pre-approved. You right? think they're taking them, and they don't know they're going to get popped. Not that they don't know, but it's not like, hey, here's HGH. They're taking something that they unknowingly might test positive for. Yes. Certain supplements. That's what DeAndre Hopkins said, right? What's always that? Him. And then it's just, do you believe him or not? A, a yeah. non-approved supplement. Yeah. When we come back here on the show, J.J. Watt to TV. What does it say? D.A. CBS Sports Radio. Fatso got hit in the head. DA on CBS Sports Radio. We would never. Listen to the DA show on hundreds of affiliates nationwide across the CBS Sports Radio network and also on Sirius XM Channel 158. J.J. Watt will join the CBS NFL studio show. This is the one with our friends Boomer Esiason and Bill Sims, Nate Burleson, Bill Cower. So he's going to be on that set. They didn't say how often he's going to be on set. So I don't think it's every week. I don't think this is going to be a thing where he's there every week. In fact, I heard that it might just be a couple of sprinkled appearances throughout the season. It's not going to be a regular thing. Really? Yeah. He was that highly like gone after by other networks that he's only going to do a couple appearances? So it leads us into something that you brought up in the topic list, Mraz. Is this CBS's way to start to grease the skids of young guys taking over for the old guys that right now they don't want to add another full-time voice to an already crowded set, but instead told J.J., hey, do four games this year, next year eight games, and then in 2026 we expect you to be full-time or something like that. Maybe that's – it could be the older guys that CBS – Cower, Sims, Boomer. I mean, I, I think they're all excellent. I, I love I love the chemistry. I think they're all great. But you wonder how long they want to do it for. Exactly. Exactly. You're right. They're going to get older. And you know what? Younger audiences now, I mean, there's a whole generation of people who never saw Bill Cower coach a game, never saw Phil Sims quarterback a game. That's right. Phil Sims retired in 1993. I would assume that Boomer was around then, mid-90s. And then Bill Cower coached until 06. Right, which is longer ago than people realize. But for Phil, 30 years now he hasn't played a football game. Yeah. So you've got to be over the age of 40 to remember watching Phil Simms. Exactly. And we love him because we're Giants fans, but he's also not necessarily like a major historical figure across the NFL. Super Bowl MVP helps. Yeah, but it's not like every NFL thing you watch is going to have a Phil Simms mention in it. Not a pro football Hall of Famer. So, essentially, people that know Phil Sims now know him only for broadcasting. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I was going to say there's a lot of people only know Strahan for broadcasting now, too. But That's true. I mean, now, Cower hasn't coached in 15 years, Long too. Time. I mean, Mike Tomlin's been there for 15 years. Yes. So, yeah, who knows how long these guys go, but. They're starting to sprinkle in some of the younger guys because I, I guess they assume that in five years, some of these guys are going to have to retire. Yeah, you might have like a Rivers, Watt, Burleson, James Brown show on Thanksgiving. And let's face it, Terry Bradshaw's not doing this for much longer. Nah, that's fair. I don't think Jimmy Johnson's going to do it for much longer Mm-mm. either. Howie Long still is young, but Long is in the Phil Sims category. He hasn't played since the 90s. Right, right. 
So there's going to be a lot of analyst openings here over the next five years, and who's going to take their place? J.J. Watt, poised to be one of those guys. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 